Hello, hello, and welcome to the good shit. You know what makes me jealous is when I see YouTubers or social media influencers who have a substantial following, but who I disagree with, not necessarily disagreeing with their opinion, but disagreeing with the value of the conversation altogether you know it's a bit like going on uh, the daily mail website and seeing all those ads for magic pill removes your wrinkles and secret british tax loophole that pays five thousand you know just made up shit basically just really garbage bullshit um and it baffles me that people believe it you know i guess it falls in the in the whole fake news category and i'm i'm jealous of the attention and the platform that these people or websites command command and baffled at how unworthy those things are it's like you know why is this person spewing hate and creating division, um, getting such a big platform and so many followers? How does this person deserve all these followers? You know, it's it just kind of pisses me off. Um, and it, it almost makes me feel as though I want to do that too. Like, oh, if this is how you get people's attention, if this is where the conversation is and where the debate is... Maybe I should just go there, but I can't go there because I, I, you know, I cannot possibly pretend to be part of something that I'm not part of and I don't agree with. And, you know, if something creates division and is a hot topic or whatever, I'm not going to engage myself in something that I find toxic or, or just not at my level of insight and understanding just for the sake of feeling popular or feeling part of a bigger community um there's there's these creators that kind of use critical thinking and reasoning misuse it use it as an excuse to hate you know like uh reacting to other videos of other people saying other things and having this thin veil of reason covering what is ultimately just pure hate you know it'll just be like oh you know this person you know, la laughing at their appearance and just kind of making them look like oh they're just so stupid and and uh i don't i just think it's really sad especially when those people you know if you really kind of take a step back you can see why they're spewing all the hate and you can see why there is this fundamental insecurity that they have um, because what they are hating is a direct path that if you reverse engineer leads you exactly to what their insecurity is uh, you know it's a bit like projection if you've got an issue with radishes, then that issue can be traced back to something quite specific that is somehow to do with radishes. So 
you know, if someone is really uh, talking about how non-binary people are crazy and it's not a thing and what, what are they thinking and what are they doing, uh, you know, that just points to an insecurity in themselves trying to protect their gender and their identity and their sense of self that non-binary people are directly threatening. Um, of course, that's not the way to do it. If you want to be an example and a role model for being a man or being a good person or whatever, um, hating on people is not going to get you there. <laughs> I mean, it can create a temporary veil of confusion uh, that other people will fall for. But, it, you know, within yourself, are you going to be happy? And I think this actually brings me to a, a thing I was thinking about recently, which is you know how to be happy and what that means and how feeling happy is so different to looking happy to others and how people can spend their whole lives assuming that as long as other people validate them as looking happy looking the right way talking about the right things having the right job having the right lifestyle being with the right person doing the right you know, the right rituals um, can actually make people miserable. And if that's not what they want, you can sort of spend some time feeling reassured and basking in the glory of people's validation. But ultimately, ultimately, it will just come crashing down on you and just you will be left alone and realize that at the end of the day, this is a this is a lonely journey that we are all part of in life. And if you've just wasted your autonomy and your choices on something that wasn't quite what you wanted, um, you know, those people are not going to be kind of reassuring you and, uh, you know, touching your shoulder in reassurance, there, there, you've done the right thing. If you haven't done the right thing. And how gender is such a big part of that, how the prescription for what happy looks like is such a big part of that. Um, and um, I think I'm going to get into some of that for this episode. Um, I want to talk about sexism and inequality. Um, and, you know, there's there's so much research into biases and what people assume in terms of gender and a lot of CV studies where the same skills are viewed differently in a woman and in a man. You kind of, you send the same CV, but then one of them has uh, a male name and one of them has a female name. And the fem the one with the female name is always viewed uh, as less valuable and less qualified and, and all of that. And the first interpretation of that is people just think women are stupid. Why do people think women are incapable and stupid and inferior and not smart enough? not skilled enough, not able to do things as well as men. I think, um, I think, or I'd like to think, that it's a bit more subtle than that. 
I don't think it's a case of thinking, oh, women for being women just can't do things or just can't think a certain way. I think it's actually a more subtle and very real realization that the way we are treating people based on gender makes them a certain way. And it's not a case of thinking women just can't do things. It's a case of rightly being aware that women are treated a certain way that makes them less willing, less able, less likely, less comfortable with doing certain things. We know that, you know, that conditioning sets them up for these failures it's a bit like you're about to get you're about to take a test and you're split into two groups and one group gets a a, you know standing ovation you're gonna you're gonna do great you know and the other group gets you know it's a bit like a football match where you got a bunch of fans kind of cheering you on as opposed to a bunch of uh, the other team's fans booing at you right So one group is like, you know, yay, go you. And the other group is like, uh, oh, you know, we don't expect anything of you at best. And at worst, boo, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you know. It doesn't, we don't need to know anything about the intrinsic ability of these people to expect the ones that have been encouraged to have an advantage It's a purely um, psychological, emotional thing. And everyone is aware how everyone else is being treated. It's not a secret. You don't need to know someone personally to establish something about them. You're going to know that you know, the women will have been brought up to be quiet and keep to themselves and the men would have been brought up to make a move and be heard, right? So it's not a case of, oh, women are just, you know, I don't know why they're quiet. (laughs) I don't know why they're being like this. Uh, It's more of a case of, you know, you know they have been made to be like this. So... It's not that you don't think a woman can do something as well as a man. It's that you acknowledge the baked-in inequality. It's not that the woman is stupid. It's that in being a woman, she has faced certain judgments that will make her less confident. And that expectation alone has enough power to create the real differences in people's behaviors and and how they do their job and how they navigate life, generally speaking. We acknowledge that expectation is very powerful and the psychological uh, di- landscape that people find themselves in is very powerful. Uh, we acknowledge that uh, wearing an expensive suit, suit makes you feel uh, important and confident And we acknowledge that being thrown into a prison and being stripped naked, uh, 
makes you go insane and lose all sense of self-respect. It's nothing to do with the inherent hardwiring of that person. It's just an acknowledgement of those pressures creating a certain kind of person. You know, the men may not be uh, aggressive and may not be interested in dominating, may not be highly skilled at something, may not be bothered about having a grand career, but the fact that they're expected to and encouraged to makes them do that. Yeah, they may be super, super having a great time with it, or they may be hating it, but we don't care about that. We don't care how much they personally match that role. We just care that these forces have put them there, right? And in a way, let's say this recruiter would rather have a man that is moderately skilled, but... Uh, will always be under pressure to perform and um, identify with his work and strive to be the best, even when he's just mediocre, than a woman who's brilliant but is struggling with um, breaking through all these barriers. Nothing to do with the inherent personality of who these people are, it's just an acknowledgement of how their lives are different. Um, and it takes time to really break those barriers so that children don't grow up with those inequalities anymore. But it really does start young, and it does start with trivial things. It seems so benign to uh, to have these differences i think there's a fine line uh, at the end of the day there's just if there is a line at all really between difference and inequality um and it is difficult to encapsulate the breadth of someone's whole life into uh, a symbolism of gender that is put on children who may or may not understand a certain amount about it, really. Because, you know, it's not a case of whether gender is real. It's a case of, you know, it's like the chicken and the egg, really. You know, are you cutting your son's hair short because he's going to want to be seen as male uh, in a specific situation that just, you know, the fullness of that situation, sexuality and relationships um, would only manifest later on in adulthood or during puberty. So to kind of, you know, trust me, I know what's going to happen sort of attitude towards a young kid especially if that doesn't turn out to be the case, can be quite difficult. Either way, you know, it can be quite difficult to kind of assume it and for it to be wrong, and it can be quite difficult to not assume it and then be wrong. 
Um, and, uh, and, and this brings me to a, an already covered theme of turfs. You know, why not? Why not go back to turfs for a second? Because they do have this very strong debate about sex and gender. And um, one of the streams of that debate is um, how, how girls are brought up into becoming women and how the meaning of femininity is problematic. But I think that really puts into question whether, you know, the validity of femininity itself. And as far as they're concerned, having a female body is not related to performing any sort of femininity behavior-wise and, and, and as a gender, as the more superficial expression of sex. And um, I think I would be inclined to disagree with that because they are basically saying that femininity is not a real thing. So gender is not a real thing. But there's not really a line between sex and gender. There can be, you know, as an individual, you can not be bothered about your physical reproductive parts and appearance and not see your your, your sense of self and your personality and your expression as connected to that. But that doesn't mean that gender and sex aren't uh, potentially continuum for other people where it, se it seems really silly. But I think really when you think about it, they are clearly part of the same continuum and connected where femininity is a expression of the condition of the female sex. Um, there, there are there are too many things really that you can think of in terms of femininity, but they are mostly connected to the female sex in a cultural context, and if masculinity is a gender, then femininity is also a gender. So, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really agree with the point of you know. Um, you know, if if you're feminine, then it's, you know, it's, you were bullied into it. I actually think femininity is an extremely powerful thing. And to kind of erase it is... I mean, you know, for me, it's sad because I'm just kind of... I'm really, like, I'm really into women. And you can really tell the difference between people who are comfortable in their gender and people who aren't. Um, obviously, I know that because I've gone through it myself. You know, for me, femininity and, and femaleness even, um, you know, was just so completely at odds with myself. Um, and obviously, I'm, you know, I'm transitioning. But when you see people that are just really... Uh, in harmony with that you can tell you can tell they're comfortable and you can tell they're being themselves and they're really happy and um i think their their argument insinuates that that is somehow 
forced or or you know but that's not true i think that's similar to the um the the muslim hijab argument of oh you know they're just oppressed and forced to cover themselves and um if you um well if you listen to them you find out that's not the case and um there's empowerment there obviously anything passive it can be tempting it can be tempting to judge passive energies as weak which is so sad and unfortunate <laughs> it can be tempting for people to say well plants aren't real because they they're just not doing anything they're just there it's like well you can say that or you can appreciate the fact that all life on earth depends on plants you know yes you can say oh well you're just oppressed because you have to cover up or you can appreciate uh the choice that someone can make for themselves and what it means to them yes you can say femininity is just this weak pointless thing or you can appreciate uh the power that it does have you know up to you really but i can certainly appreciate uh the power of of passive things and active things and actually in a lot of um esoteric knowledge these yin yang concepts of uh passive active um are very um very important and you know passive and active are just two different modes there's no sense of ranking between them um and sometimes they're translated in terms of gender um if the energy was to be matched then you know passive um is feminine and and active is masculine but i think culturally uh, maybe because of the male nature of of civilization of wars and invasions and uh exploration or whatever uh we may have culturally put ourselves in a place where um the active energy is appreciated and the passive energy is is trampled on um but we i think we are coming to a turning point where that's changing uh point is uh i see femininity and uh it's a thing right um i think a lot of these people happen to not fall in that category uh and i don't think there's a problem with that but i think there is a problem when they feel the need to kind of put that on other people um you know i've gone through my experience of feeling very uncomfortable um in my in my sex body um but i see that as a personal experience that is shared with other people in different ways um but i'm also fully acknowledging the many people who haven't had this experience and who are perfectly comfortable in in what they're going through you know i mean it's i don't think it's something that can be generalized like that i think there's a difference between responding to external influences in a kind of reasonable way and responding in a in an extreme way it's very subtle i think you have to go through it to really understand it um for example you know uh you know shaving your legs or something like that that is a pretty silly thing at the end of the day 
in terms of you know people kind of judging each other for it but i've seen that women who are comfortable in their gender um can you know are not too bothered about whether they're doing it because they have to or they don't have to there there's a certain sense of you know maybe yeah maybe maybe they are being forced but it's just it it doesn't really threaten their gender identity in any way um whereas for trans people you know for myself <clears throat> you know it w- it wasn't just the the awkwardness of feeling pressured to to match a certain image it was actually much deeper than that it was a reminder that i was seen as female at a, in a very basic sense and this was just a superficial manifestation of it but my issue was a lot deeper than that um yeah i think this this um conversation around um the spectrum of sex and gender is probably going to come up again um but uh until next time leave a rating